Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 119 of the Two Sweet Wrestling Podcast. So, we got a lot to hop into, ladies and gentlemen. Impact, AEW, Impact Sacrifice. It's going to be the Impact versus AEW winner take all. That's going to be the first topic, ladies and gentlemen. AEW Dynamite, WWE NXT. A lot of betrayals, a lot of kickouts, people getting thrown out the clubs. We got a lot to talk about. Also, wrestlers as one division characters. They were one division characters who would they be? We got a lot of fun stuff to jump into. But first, you can find me at linktr.ee slash 2 sweetpod And also on Twitter at 2 sweetpod It's the number 2 sweet P-O-D and at O-M-G for a B. You're watching on YouTube. Feel free to hit that thumbs up button and subscribe, ladies and gentlemen. So, now that we didn't got that out the way, let's jump right on into it. Impact Sacrifice coming up this Saturday. Check it out on the Impact Plus app. Uh, it's going to be Rich One. It's going to be Moose. And now it's going to be a title for title match. I thought that that was Scott Moore's big announcement. But the big announcement is this. The winner will take on Kenny Omega in an AEW Impact winner take everything match. And like this blew Twitter up when the announcement came down. And I'm here to talk about the pros and the cons of this whole situation. Now, first up, when we just look at Impact Sacrifice, I originally thought that, you know what, this is Moose's time. And that, you know what, you might as well go with them. I put it out on Twitter, you know, how would you book this? And you know what? The results came back moose. Shout out to at truck underscore rock pack. And my home is at the square circle countdown. They said, you know what? Let moose rock with it. And you know what? I got to agree with them. And you know, I really feel like moose is going to win, but. You throw in the Kenny Omega factor, and you think, will they do face with Swan versus Omega? And I'm here to say that it, I think it's going to be Moose versus Omega. Both deals, you know what? Just go with it. It's Impact versus AEW. Don't, it doesn't matter if you have the traditional face heel dynamic. What are the pros and cons, though? Here are the pros. Excitement. Sure, everybody's buzzed about this. Everybody's ready. It is a also a huge, big fight match where and it doesn't get any bigger than this it's two companies in the world championships are on the line it's the biggest possible match that you can make unless you're somehow involved in new japan and that as well also you're gonna have fans legitimately rooting for their side like you can throw out predetermined results and all of that fans are just going to be legitimately rooting they're going to have legitimate interest in that and you can't beat that in wrestling where you're legitimately dug in into the result of a match. You, you, you love that. You cannot beat that in wrestling. But let's look at the cons, ladies and gentlemen. How the champ champ is booked could cause problems within both promotions because they can have an agreement, but this has to go right. And uh, like I've seen a lot of these things with uh, working relationships go left. New Japan and Impact uh, and TNA comes to mind. So, yeah, Impact and 
AEW, they seem to be on a good road. It is going to be interesting to see how the champ camp is booked. Another kind is that they got to come up on with an agreement on the finish. Now, when it comes to working relationships, they are just fine. But when the world championships get involved, that's when things start to get tricky. So that's going to be interesting to see how that turns out. If I'm betting my money on it, you know, Don Callis is involved. So, yes, on one end, I would be shocked if, if we're looking at the result. I'd be shocked if Moose won. I would. I totally wouldn't be against it because sometimes in wrestling, when you get that legitimately shocking result, it is one of the best things going in wrestling. So I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be upset. Shall I be? Shall I say if Moose won? I think Omega will come out as the champion. But here's the last con and the biggest con of them all. This is a thing. To where wrestling fans say they hate well guess what it's about to happen either way the result of this is about to cause a part-time champion because Kenny Omega wasn't in the impact zone or whatnot when he wasn't the champion when he was just in the storylines with the good brothers and we set up that took man back he wasn't in the impact zone then at this point I have no reason to believe he will be on impact every single week with the championship in the arena so could that change from here to now we'll see hopefully it does but i don't see a situation to where kenny omega is working both shows now obviously impact tapes in both they're not uh shooting every single week but i don't see a situation to where kenny omega is there are working every week with AEW and showing up for all the tapings for Impact Wrestling so that's gonna tick a lot of fans off so we'll see how it turns out but we're gonna have a part-time champion either way it goes that's the way I see it oh those are your pros those are your cons Impact Sacrifice it is gonna be exciting ladies and gentlemen check it out a lot of great matches to take place moving on to the second topic of the day Peyton Royce um, she got on Raw Talk and she laid it out, man. These Talking Smack and Raw Talk are some of the best programs going in WWE because there's no script, it's just wrestlers talking. And Peyton Royce said something to the effect of she's tired of sitting on the sidelines, man. All the you know, the same women get the, get the same opportunities, it's time for somebody else, and basically. We had hashtag Peyton versus Oscar Trent. Whether it's Peyton, whether it's somebody else, whether it's Naomi, whom I like as well, whom I love as well, this speaks to a bigger problem that I've had for four or five years now. And that's that, you know what? WWE Raw does not use all of its division. It doesn't use the majority of its division. And normally at the end of the day, it's Charlotte Flair getting all the opportunities. We see what Charlotte Flair is now. She's going to be toward the title match at WrestleMania with the way things stand right now. So, yes, Peyton Royce has a legitimate complaint. And it's a shame that she has to go on Raw Talk to voice that. Because you look at the talent 
that Raw has in that division, and it shouldn't be the same old people at the top. Raw women's division should be booked like NXT. With NXT, like every single woman is doing something. Every single woman is important in some aspect. I mean, that's the way it should be with Raw. You shouldn't have a crop of ladies just sitting and catering somewhere. You, they should be important in their own single way. So, man, that is the way I look at that. Peyton Royce told nothing but the truth. And, uh, yeah, man, it's going to be interesting to see how that turns out. I don't know if that gains any momentum. But I like to see Peyton Royce in the limelight. So, moving on to the third topic of the day. It's just time to have some fun right here. One Division. I don't know how big of a fan y'all are of One Division. But I'm a huge fan of that show. And... We're going to look at the aspect. If wrestlers were one division characters, who would they be? So we're going to get this going right here. And uh, look, man, we're going to start off first with Monica Rambo. Mom died the boss, so she should have been the boss. The sister on the show getting everything done. You know what? Who is she? She is Sasha Banks. That's Monica Rambo. That's the, that's that's Sasha's character. Monica Rambo. Sasha Banks. The boss. Moving on. Jimmy Woo. Jimmy Woo. All a man is trying to do is do his job. He's trying to work under Tyler Hayward. He's just trying to do his job. He's just playing for everything. Who would that be? That would be Bruce Pitcher, ladies and gentlemen. Trying to work for Vince McMahon. All he does is tell they get playing, get fired. So moving on, who do we have next, ladies and gentlemen? Darcy Lewis. All she does at her job is make everyone else look better. And that person would be Bailey, ladies and gentlemen. All Bailey does make everyone look better. She looks good. She makes her competitors look better. She advances them. That's Darcy Lewis. That's Bailey. Moving on. Billy and Tommy Maximoff. Who would that be? Fast young kids moving around at breakneck pace. That would be the young bucks, ladies and gentlemen. And Tommy Maximoff, young bucks at Nick, annoying little kids wrestling fast. And you know what? That just totally fits them. Moving on, Petro Maximoff, Quicksilver, the guy that's fast as hell. He can win any given fight with his speed. That person is Ray Phoenix, ladies and gentlemen. Fast, can win any wrestling match, can amaze you with his speed. That is Quicksilver, ladies and gentlemen. So we keep it rolling. Tyler Hayward. Who would Tyler Hayward be? The evil genius working the scenes behind the scenes. That person is Don Callis, ladies and gentlemen. Don Callis would be Tyler Hayward, the evil genius, the invisible hand, working out everything that would mastermind behind all this evil stuff. Oh, the male mastermind behind all this evil stuff. We'll get to the, to the real mastermind behind all this stuff later. So, moving on... Who would be Spectral Vision, the guy that Tyler Hayward killed? Kenny Omega, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, best bout machine, Spectral Vision, the original. Getting managed 
by Don Callis Tyler Hayward. And I think you know where I'm going with this one. Who would be Vision? Spectral Vision, the guy set to take out Vision. Whom is John Moxley, ladies and gentlemen? John Moxley has vision a guy misunderstood at times. It's just there to do his job, just there to fight spectral vision, just there to fight Sayward. That is John Moxley, ladies and gentlemen. So moving on. Who would be Wanda Maximoff, ladies and gentlemen? That's the overpowered character. That's the main character. Who is that? Who is overpowered? Her name is Charlotte Flair, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, Charlotte Flair, built to take over everything, built as the face of the women's division in every main match, in every WrestleMania main match. Well, not every, but the majority of main matches, the majority of WrestleMania matches, taking over everything. But who was the who's behind it all along? It's like Agatha Harkness was behind it all along. Who's Agatha Harkness? Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Yes, I get mad at Charlie Flair a lot. Vince McMahon is the evil genius behind it all. He's the one behind Christian Charlotte Flair. He's the one that, that, that holds down the raw women's division. So I'm mad at him. It was Vince all along. It's just like it was Agatha all along, ladies and gentlemen. So those are your wrestling characters as wrestlers as one division, one division characters. Ladies and gents, if you haven't seen One Division, check it out. It is a tremendous show, Disney Plus, and Agatha is such an evil character. She killed Sparky, too. Come on, man. So, we're going to keep this thing rolling, ladies and gentlemen. Moving on into some more wrestling. Where are we at here? AEW, we're going to jump into AEW and NXT to close this thing out, ladies and gentlemen. So, man, can't anybody take a joke anymore? I just want to hop on this before I start talking about AEW Dynamite last night. Can't anybody take a joke anymore? Like, the AEW joke of an explosion <laughs> happened at Revolution, and you know, we I was getting my jokes off. We was all getting, getting our jokes off. And there were certain people saying that, oh, why can't you just enjoy wrestling? Why are you complaining? Why are you joking? Like, just take these jokes. WWE takes these jokes all the time. So, when it's AEW's turn, it's AEW's turn, dog. Look, they, they just had to take these jokes. Move on. AEW Dynamite, the first matchup of the night. Phoenix. Quicksilver versus Matt Jackson. <laughs> oh man, Billy Maximoff. So they had a tremendous fight, and NXT had their show stacked. So I seen when AEW was going with this as a take a drink of water here. They wanted to get a fast-paced match going to catch your attention, and that's good booking. What this was was a fast-paced match. It had a Feel, and that's very rare for a match that doesn't have any titles involved. I enjoyed it very much. Like I don't, I cannot stand. There's a lot of things, a lot of no selling in AEW, where they no sell big moves. It just grinds my gears. And Phoenix no sell a super kick. 
got super kicked and just bounced right back up. I'm like, come on, man. Shawn Michaels is rolling over in this grave, man. Super kick used to be a finisher. But that aside, Phoenix picks up the win with the tombstone. I found that pretty surprising. But the right result, nonetheless, Phoenix gets the dub in singles action. As we move on, we got to Eddie Kingston, we got to Moxley, and look. They had to address the elephant in the room. <laughs> they had to address the dumb fake explosion. And they did their best with it. They talked about how, how Kenny Omega built a horrible bomb. And it was real. Then they made fun of themselves. So I'm, I'm going to get my hand cut. You made fun of yourselves. I can appreciate that. You called out the obvious. It was a funny segment. So we move on. We move on to Cody versus Seth Gargas. And this was a squash match. Cody picks up the victory. But the story was what happened after the match. Pentagon interrupts Cody. And as he was talking, and you know what? Pentagon laid into him. And you know what? He said that he would have hurt his shoulder more to the point to where he wouldn't have been able to hold his baby girl. And that set Cody off. And we had ourselves a pair to brawl. And it, you know what? I'm invested. This is why, and I tweeted this right after the segment. This is why AEW is ahead of NXT. They have the majority of those shows built around storylines to where whereas NXT doesn't have many storylines when I have a couple of ones that really intrigue you but with AEW they have a ton of storylines that you look at and you're like okay I can buy into this this is one that just was made out of thin air and they have my attention very much so after that we had Sting and it was built as Sting talking and they need to find something for Sting to do other than to get interrupted. Like, as soon as Sting gets going, here comes Lance Archer. And he said that he wants time and he's not going to get it. He's just going like, to take it. And I guess this is setting up to be Sting versus Lance Archer. I'm not sure. I guess Sting versus Lance Archer. We got to see how Sting does inside the wrestling ring. But mm, I think Lance Archer would really take care of him. I ought to see how this storyline plays out further. Who knows? It may be Sting picking somebody to face up against Lance Archer. We shall see. As I take another drink of water. Yeah. So, like I said, storylines throughout the entire game. Next up, ladies and gentlemen, Ethan Page versus Lee Johnson, and man, you couldn't hear anything like, hold on, where am I at here? Where am I at? Ethan Page versus, like, like, this, 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 this was that last night. Just the music just sky high, and they had an NBA and the All-Star game playing on while Ethan Page and Lee Johnson was facing off, and it was just one big distraction. Even ain't no mountain high enough started to play, and like just one big distraction the whole match. Like TNT just hates Ethan Page. That's just it, I guess. Ethan Page got the victory, 
in what was a pretty decent match, but you couldn't focus on it because Dana had music playing. It was so loud and like you couldn't just focus on it at all. Nevertheless, Ethan Page gets the victory. And moving on, we had Christian scheduled to come out and talk. So I was thinking, okay, they're gonna set something up with Christian here. And here comes Kenny Omega. And like that's just that was the second time in the night somebody got interrupted. And it's like, ah, again. So Kenny Omega in the game comes out, Don Callis comes out and they talk. And once again, they address the obvious, the faux bum. And uh, like uh, they made fun of it, and they made it fun of it from a hill sense. Like, yes, this was the plan all along, and it was a win-win. And you know what? I can buy that. It was funny, and now we move on. Now, out came Eddie Kingston, and the crowd was on fire for Eddie Kingston. And we, <laughs> this where it got funny. We had the countdown timer going on, and <laughs> uh, Don Collins wanted Eddie Kingston to get out the ring. He gave him two seconds. The countdown timer is going on. Obviously, nothing happens in there. Is Don Collins and Kenny Omega, and they got rated R superstar out there, and we had Kenny Omega talking about many things, and like it was a clowning segment. And it was so well done. I enjoyed all of that part. And like the clowning of Eddie Kingston. We had Eddie Kingston nail Kenny Omega and out came John Moxley. And then out came Christian as well. And you know the good brothers go to the outside. Kingston Omega goes to the outside. Uh, Christian hits the kill switch on Kenny Omega and he grabs the, the AEW World title and uh, AEW. Don't you do it? Like, even, even if Christian is, even if the plan is not for Christian to win the title, having Christian around that title alone is something that I do not like. Like, they screwed up here because this was Eddie Kingston's moment. This is a star making moment. You had him in the ring. He should have been the one to lay Kenny Omega out. He should have been the one to grab the AEW title. He's the one that stands to benefit the most out of that feud. Not a Christian. Like, where you at with Christian? You need to have him working with a young guy, have him build himself up the ranks. And then maybe along the line, you, you can do a World Twitter program with Christian. I wouldn't mind it at all, but not yet. We'll see how that plays out. But it certainly looks like at some point it's going to be Christian, it's going to be Kenny Omega. Moving on. We had Britt, Baker, Nala Rose, Maki Ito versus Thunder Rosa, Rio Mazunami and Cheetah. We had Maki Ito singing her song while violence was just going about. Nothing but violence. People getting laid out left and right. Thunder Rosa would pick up the victory. I didn't like that at the beginning of the match. Some people found it funny. I was like, yeah. Whatever. Thunder Rosa picked up the victory. We had the beatdown afterwards. Britt Baker with the crutch laying out Thunder Rosa. And I'm sorry, but this is your world title program. We're going to have him next week in an unsanctioned match, lights out match. So I, I love that. That's going to be the main event. 
but this is your world title program. That's just me. Moving on. Yeah, Scorpio Sky versus Darby Allin. What was a very surprisingly physical matchup? A uh, different style from Darby, and I very much appreciate it. Uh, we had some great near falls here. The Tope Diamond Cutter counter was just outstanding, man. You just don't see that every day. So I love that as well. Darby Allen picked up the victory. We got Scorpio Sky locking on the heel hook. I love that heel. Uh, man, at the end of the day, Scorpio Sky lost the match. He really wanted the title, so he's going to take out Darby Allen. He's going to work on that injury. And I love it. Uh, aggressive, hockey heel, wanting the TNT title. Yes, I'm here for Scorpio Sky playing that role. Moving on to the last segment of the night. We had the uh, inner circle. War Council, and where my mind was going, I was like, okay, this is going to be MJF taking out Chris Jericho and leading in a circle. So we were going down that path. Here came Sammy Guevara, and he displayed some video. You know, MJF and the boys made a pact that they were going to take out Jericho, and it looked like they were. Gonna take out Jericho, but then the tables turned on MJF. Everybody turns on him. He gets pushed down, and it's like 9:54 or so left in the show. So I'm like, okay, what else is gonna happen here? You just feel something else is gonna happen. And MJF says, "You know what? I was building my own stable. Out comes Tully and the boys." And like, yes, man, Sean Spears, FTR, and we got the beatdown laid on the inner circle. And you know what? I was calling these guys the next four horsemen, but we'll see what the name is. But I, nevertheless, I am highly intrigued. I looked at them as the four horsemen, but they were missing a Rick Flair. So I was like, okay, who's going to be the Rick Flair? And here we are, MJ Ephesus. Quote unquote repairing. I'm with. They may not be the horsemen, but I enjoy the stable. And yes, man, well, extremely well done. Great show that was. Speaking of great shows, we move on to the final topic of the night. Or the final topic of the day, excuse me. NXT. William Ring was out with his big announcement and. The big announcement was that NXT TakeOver will, TakeOver will be two nights and, and these are the links you gotta go through to beat AWN ratings like eh, like I understand sure you can make the point that you know what they just wanted to make it two nights like Wrestlemania but you know what's going on you know why they're here you know why they put it on Wednesday they trying to get the dub over AW it's all good but nevertheless it's, it's going to be a fantastic two nights. Nevertheless, another announcement was the NXT Women's Tag Titles. We had new tag team champions, new tag titles. It was Don Gonzalez. It was Cobra Kai. They were the new champions. And out came Ember Moon. Out came Shotzi. They wanted a title shot. And I'm thinking, why would the Hills agree to that? Like, the Hills beat them and square they should go to the back of the line right but the hills agree william regal makes the match and we had that match later on in the night first up was eo shirai versus tony storm 
And uh, man, this was outstanding. I loved every bit of this match. Eo and Tony Shirai, Eo and Tony Storm, excuse me, has tremendous chemistry. We had some spots to where I really thought that they were going to go with Tony Storm. German suplex near fall, Storm zero near fall, but the match ended with a crossface from Eo Shirai. Very surprising, but I'll buy that for a dollar. Eo having a submission finisher. I absolutely love that Eo Shirai picks up the victory. We would see Eo later on in the night as well. Moving on. We had LA Knight. He wanted the challenge. And Bronson Reed attacked him. And it's looking like we're going to get that next week. LA Knight will debut. It will be against Bronson Reed next week. Moving on. We had Jake Atlas versus Pete Dunn. And this was a short matchup. Jake Atlas got in some out offense, but obviously Pete Dunn picked up the victory. Pete Dunn wants someone to step up to him. We shall see how that plays out. I'm very interested to see what happens from that. After that, we had Imperium backstage. They offered Timothy Thatcher and Tampa a spot in Imperium. Like, how is that going to turn out? We have no idea. So that's another one. They're setting up a lot of stuff for NXT TakeOver for those two nights. So I can very much appreciate that build as well. So yeah, the women's tag team titles on the line. It was Don Gonzalez. It was Cobra Kai versus Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. This was arguably the best match of the night. These ladies went back and forth. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, don't have a title change. And we had a title change. Ember Moon and Shotzi are the new tag team champions. And I absolutely hate it. Why? How can you introduce new tag team titles? Like, if a new world championship was introduced, it was given to somebody, and that person lost it in the same night, wouldn't we be talking about how stupid that was? That's exactly what we had here. Like, no, man. I, I, I love Ember Moon. I love Shotzi. I love all these ladies involved. But we need to get a sustained run from Giant Gonzalez and Cobra Kai to establish the women's tag team titles. Like, they don't need to be hot shot on the very first night. That's just my opinion. That's the way I always stick to it. Backstage, Matt the way and Austin Theory is just pissed. And we'll see how that turns out. The whole the way segments have been pretty funny. We'll see if Austin Theory really wants to get at Dexter Loomis or not. Next up, we had Zyalee versus Kaden Carter. It was physical, but this match was interrupted by K uh, Casey Canton Zero. And she nailed Zali with the crutch and we had a beat down. Eventually, Kaden and Casey gets out of Dodge, but that's something else that's being set up for an NXT takeover as well. Speaking of things being set up, Jordan Devlin, he is going to be back next week to take on Escobar. And man, that's exciting. I cannot wait for that, man. He is, he, his travel ban has been lifted. He's going to be back in the States, and that is going to be a fun match for the Cruiserweight title. 
I'm gone. There's a young bench versus Legato. Del Fantasma, Legato picks up the win in what was a quick match. What we thought was Rizango showed up in space outfits. It was actually MSK that gave Legato the victory. Wizard Young Vets get distracted after the match. Wizard Young Vets go after MSK. Brizango makes the save. And I don't know what's going on, but it was pretty funny the interaction that MSK had with Brizango. I'm very much, nah, not very much interested, but I want to see where that goes. That comedy involved. Next up, we had backstage. It was Stan Gonzalez and Cobra Kai all down on themselves. And well, Io Shirai came out of nowhere. Got in Giant Gonzalez's face and said, I want you. Like, yes, yes, indeed, girl. I wanted to see this Io Shirai, Giant Gonzalez. That is going to be a hell of a match, man. Speaking of a hell of a match, we move on to the main event. Balor versus Cole. This was a fantastic matchup. And again, just like Tony Storm, many times where I said, oh man, they're going to have him battle win this match. Or excuse me, they're going to have Adam Cole win this match. And nevertheless, Kyle O'Reilly shows up. Surprise, surprise. He shows up and Finn Balor eventually gets to beat the win. Kyle O'Reilly lays the beat down on Adam Cole and that is kicked up into high gear. I cannot wait to see how that turns out. Balor is standing in the ring. The carry-on cross is right behind him. He says, what took you so long? This is going to be a fantastic NXT takeover. I cannot wait to see how both of those matches turn out, ladies and gentlemen. So that is it for episode 119 of the Two Sweet Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Let me know what you think at Two Sweet Pod at OMG Corey B on 